Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by a very special guest. If you are a Supergirl fan, and I hope that you are since you are listening to Supergirl Radio, you you might know our guest as Kelly, the CatCo employee, but outside of National City, she is better known as Carly Nykanen. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, Carly. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's it's interesting because we Carly Lane is one of our co-hosts, and she unfortunately couldn't be here for the recording of this episode of the podcast. So we, we lost a Carly, but we also gained a Carly. <laughs> so it all evened out. Yes. So it's, it's like the circle of Carly's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There always has to be at least one Carly on the show. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll put that out there as like part of the multiverse, I guess. Um, some, yeah. some, somehow it works like that. Um, but we're really excited to talk to you because the the story of how we sort of fell in love <laughs> with the Kelly character is is pretty funny. It's I think it's become kind of legendary among Supergirl Radio listeners and all of us um, just because we didn't know who Kelly was until the episode when she died. Yeah, I think that's true for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so when we kind of went back and looked at the episodes, we noticed you had been in four of the episodes, and we wanted to make sure that we followed your arc and understood the story, and so we, we've uh, become huge Kelly fans. So we're really excited to talk to you. That's very nice. I'm going to, you know what's funny? This is getting very technical, but you see me for the briefest moment in the last episode of uh, of season one. <laughs> and this is, you have to be looking so hard for this, but um, at the very top of the episode, um, Supergirl looks over to my old desk where Kelly once worked before she died, and they do a very quick shot of a little photograph <laughs> on the desk. And what I why that one stuck out to me is because well I'm probably getting ahead of myself because it's a fun little story but they had to, they wanted to make the desk very personal right especially for the last episode so like we want to put a picture on the desk um, with you um, and like with somebody else but the tricky thing is you have to have you know you have to have the copyright and all that she's like so if it's a selfie you can sign off that you were the photographer so you don't have to like get permission from the photographer and then if you know the person who's in the picture with you is a close person we could just ask them to sign this thing saying it's okay to use their image so it's actually a picture of me and my boyfriend oh, <laughs> on nice. the desk in uh, Catco offices and you see it really really briefly and he loves it because he's like oh I guess I'm on Supergirl <laughs> 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 yeah, so um, it's four and a smidgen of a fifth episode. Uh, I think that's the scene with Kara and James and Wen, and they all kind of look back at the yeah. desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sad. I think that that, that that was sort of Supergirl Radio, too. We 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 always kind of look <laughs> back at Kelly with some fondness. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good scene. Yeah, we, we were pouring one out for Kelly. We were like, no, Kelly. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Yeah, we have uh, we've been champions of Kelly, actually, uh, not to brag on ourselves, but we did have uh, one of the guys from the Supergirl wiki uh, page, which ended up merging with the Arrowverse page. And we we really campaigned to get Kelly her own page, which I, I assume she would have at some point. Um, but she is <laughs> she's in the Wikipedia. And I would like to think that, that <laughs> well, is because of us. <laughs> well, we did thank you so much. I did ask him. 
Really I didn't see that it was up Kelly. there. Yeah, well, that's so great. I saw that it was up there. I was like, what? They gave me a page? That's a little crazy. <laughs> but that's so thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. Well, it is our pleasure for sure. Um, well, we've kind of talked a little bit about Kelly and we'll, we'll get into all of uh, your experience on Supergirl. But I was curious about what what kind of led you to that point? What, what has been your uh, experience in, in acting and what, what kind of got you started in doing it? I did go to UC Irvine for drama um, about 10 years or so I graduated. And honestly, for the first five or six years after graduation, I just did musical theater um, all over Southern California. I'm originally from San Diego and they've got a lot of great theaters down there with the Old Globe and the Hoya. So it was an easy way to sort of make a living. And so I, I didn't really put my focus on TV um, even though that's what I really wanted to do. I've always wanted, I've loved TV. I always loved television and this ongoing story for years. And, um, but you know, my first love was theater. So I kept doing that, but it was hard. It's hard to audition and get to know people in LA if you're always going out of town for a show. So a few years ago, I kind of just made a decision of like, okay, I'm going to stop doing theater for a little bit. And, uh, just focus on doing TV. And I'd gotten some small things here and there, but Supergirl was definitely, my first really big production to work on. And it was massive. It was so intimidating showing up and it just being this huge set. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I started out in theater and musical and stuff like that. Actually, um, I, uh, did the original production of La Jolla Playhouse or no, sorry, of Bonnie and Clyde at La Jolla Playhouse, which Jeremy Jordan ended up doing on Broadway. So we had a bunch of crossover with certain cast members because he wasn't in the La Jolla production. He joined it later. So that was kind of a fun connection we made on that. That's really cool. Yeah, there are a lot of musical theater people in Super I know. <laughs> Yeah, so that's really neat. And I also was looking at your IMDb page, and I was really fascinated. I was wondering if I could ask you about this. Um, it looked sure. like you had a pretty stellar comedy cred. It said you have uh, done some stand-up. You've been a part of UCB and the Groundlings. So um, can I pick your brain about that? What, what, what was your experience with uh, those organizations? Yeah, um, I do love comedy. Um, I... I trained at Groundlings. I did all the the whole program at Groundlings with the uh, improv and then the writing, uh, which was such a great base. And, you know, it's, it's a great character study. UCB, I didn't actually study at UCB. I had just performed there a handful of times. Um, uh, they still are doing it, but years ago, they uh, people would do, it's called Quick and Funny Musicals, where they would do like 15-minute version, like a very quick 15-minute musical. And so I, had, um, I wrote one that was with a... Uh, uh, another actress, Megan Lynham, who I knew at UC Irvine. It was, um, oh my God, this is a while back. It was, uh, the, the deleted scene from Greece, I think is what we called it, where it was a 15 minute musical of what the rest of the sleepover was like in the movie Greece after <laughs> they, she sings, look at me, I'm Sandra D and it's embarrassing. And then it sort of just cuts. So like, what are the rest of that night where it's kind of this awkward 15 minutes of these girls hanging out after they're all kind of being mean to each other. It's very silly. <laughs> um, so I guess I, yeah, I, and I did stand up. It felt, uh, I did a little bit of stand up out here, which I think <laughs> to be fair, I feel like there's a lot of actors who are like, I'm going to give stand up a try. I was proud of my work though. I, <laughs> I was, um, uh, I was one of very few females. It felt like at least in the, the comedy clubs I was going into to show up and, um, trying to do just sort of this mainstream humor. I wasn't doing, telling like dating jokes or anything like that. It was a weird, it was kind of a weird 
it wasn't bad, but I, I didn't, my heart wasn't in stand up because it's very solo, you know, it's just like you and you don't have anyone to interact with. And it, it felt kind of lonely, uh, that I, you know, I did it for a little while and I kind of got burnt out cause I just, I, I like, I like working with other people. I like to play off other people a little bit more, but, um, yeah, I guess I do have, I have a bit of a comedy background. <laughs> yeah. I, I can, uh, imagine that if you prefer doing improv, that is very much an ensemble group kind oh, of activity. Yeah. So that would yeah, be, and you just, you feed off of others energy. Yeah. So that's a little more of my calling, I guess. And I have one more question about improv because I love improv and I, I'm I'm in the Atlanta area and we have a really good place called Dad's Garage. And so I, I go there every so often and it has some really good improv. Anyway, just to plug Dad's Garage for a second. Um, but <laughs> okay. but uh, I, I know Tina Fey famously has said that one of the big things she learned in improv when she uh, was studying, she uh, kind of applied this yes and philosophy to her life. So I was wondering, is there anything you uh, learned from your comedy experience that you sort of took with you? Well, for improv specifically is you just can't plan ahead. It's, you know, you can show up on set and you have to know your lines, but you have also have to have room to, to play. And if an actor kind of throws something else at you, I think that's the thing is you can't get too set in your ways. You have to be flexible and and um, willing to try something new on the spot and not get freaked out or like, oh, I've, but I've learned, I've practiced it this way. You have to be able to like, you know, mold with the moment. So I think that's the biggest thing for sure. That's awesome. Um, so about your appearance on Supergirl, could you tell mm-hmm. us like what led up to um, how you got the part and uh, a little bit about your experience? Sure. Um, yeah, I just got an audition <laughs> through my agent. <laughs> it, it was for the uh, first episode, which I played um, editor. I believe the title was the, of the character was just editor. Um, and uh, usually for TV, stuff moves pretty quickly. So if you get an audition, you usually hear within the next couple days if um, you got the part or not. And um, so I... I waited, I think it was a little over a week. I didn't hear anything. So you kind of just brush it off pretty quickly and you assume you didn't get it that I almost was like, wait, what do I, do I have another audition for Supergirl? Like it had been long enough where I was confused <laughs> that they were like, no, 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 they, they're interested. They want to check your availability. I was like, oh yeah, great. Um, so it was just supposed to be the one episode. Um, there wasn't anything beyond that for a character of editor. It was, it, I mentioned it was a really big set, you know, it was kind of intimidating. And so it was on the Warner Brothers lot. They're in Vancouver now. But um, when I was working, it was on the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank, um, which is just such a historic lot. And it's, you know, it was just so cool to be going there. But the one thing is, it's a big soundstage and the set is so impressive and all that. But my scene that day was just with McCod. It was the only actor in that scene. There's a few background actors there. um, And it was a Steadicam shot. Now for industry talk that basically means it's one long shot a lot of times you have to do a bunch of setups where they do your close-up their close-up um, a master where you see both of you it's a bunch of different angles so it takes a long long time this one for a steady cam means they're holding the camera the whole, whole time and they're not cutting away so uh, you, we have to shoot it over and over and over again to make sure that the shot's right but once you got the shot you're like okay we're done so i was <laughs> in and out in like an hour which oh wow <laughs> which was a little disappointing because I was like, oh my God, I'm on set. I brought a book because I'm sure you're going to be sitting around. <laughs> and then I was the first shot of the day and they're like, okay, great, you're done. And I remember the second AD, I was like, that's really, that's it. She's like, yeah, just leave your uh, wardrobe 
in the trailer. She's like, I mean, you have the trailer for eight hours. You're more than welcome to just hang out if you want, but we don't need you. And I was like, no, I, I guess I'll take a Diet Coke and go. <laughs> um, so it was so like, I was so excited. And then it was almost just like, oh, it was, that was so fast. I, I have the whole day free. Okay. Um, that when the next one came along, the rest of the days were very, very long days. So I, I made up for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that first one was just two lines, you know, I went in there and gave a pretty standard audition and for whatever reason, you know, they chose me. Um, and I thought that was that. Yeah. So, so so when you went in for the initial audition, you didn't really know it was going to be like a, a multi-episode arc. So how did you end up getting invited back for, for more episodes? Well, um, (laughs) I don't know what beyond, what went on beyond or uh, behind the scenes, I guess you could say. I uh, I just, you know, a few weeks later, my agent was like, oh, they want to know your availability for another episode, which of course I was thrilled. Um, but what was funny, if you go on my IMDb, you'll see like I did four episodes, but each episode I'm listed as like a different character. <laughs> yeah. Basically. yeah, we were, we were kind of, obs- we, we rewatched some of the episodes and we were kind of obsessed with like, they mentioned uh, your character's name at one point, but then in the credits, you're not listed as Kelly. And we were like, why isn't she listed as Kelly? Like, <laughs> I, yeah. So this, <laughs> so the next one I, that I got, I think it was just one line, but you know, it was an office scene. And I think, you know, they want to establish like, Oh, there's certain people who work here. So it makes sense. It's like, Oh, well, we've already had this girl show up and play this one character. I don't know if they discuss like, well, is she crazy? If she's not crazy, we can have her back. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's, I came up with all these scenarios, but, um, so they, you know, I had to come back for another wardrobe fitting and they, uh, emailed me the script for that episode. And what was funny is, um, in the script, uh, Calista Flockhart or her character, um, she, she refers to me as Timothy, I think it was Timothy, Tim or Timothy or something like that. And so, but like nobody said anything until we were on set and we did a rehearsal. Everybody's reading the sides and Callista kind of looked up. She's like, well, we're not calling her Timothy. Right. And they're like, you can decide whatever you want to call her Callista. You can call her whatever you want. And first she was like, why don't we call her Allie? Um, which the showrunner of course, Allie Adler and Allie was like, no, don't call her Allie. And then the line producer, it was the line producer who's, uh, on, uh, on set with the script. Her name was Kelly. And she's like, how about Kelly? She's like, sure. If you want to call her Kelly, call her Kelly. <laughs> so cool. I got named after the line. <laughs> oh, that's so uh, cool. So I think, you know, I'm glad they brought me back. Cause obviously when they wrote it, they pictured a, a, a man saying that line. So I was happy to uh, be included. And then the next one, I believe I was cast as woman. Um, so I, I fit that description, I guess. <laughs> um, so it was all just by luck. I felt like, okay, they were like, okay, who have we used already? Okay. We'll bring Carly back. She's fine. Um, and then it was that last episode where I knew it was coming towards the end of the season. So I was like, oh, I hope I get to come back again, but who knows? And then I got a call that they're like, they want to bring you back. And then in the, when I get the information from my agent, it'll say for this role on this day or, um, and I got it and it said for the role of Kelly. And I was like, Oh my God, they made it official. Uh, I'm Kelly. I'm part of the, I'm part of the uh, workplace now. And then it said it was a week long, which there's a little bit of a difference. If you show up for one day, you know, it's a certain rate. It's just a quick in and out, but they were going to, it said they were going to be using me for the whole week which basically I just have to block out the week where they can use me as much or as little as they want, which just means essentially like, Oh, I, I must have a bigger part, but I still didn't have the script. 
(laughs) So they set up a wardrobe fitting. And um, as I was trying on the clothes, they always put me in really high heels. They do that for all the women on shows. And um, I just don't like wearing high heels. So sometimes in between shots, I kind of will step out of them as my feet start to hurt. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think all women do. Um, So when I showed up for my wardrobe fitting, um, what they're having me try on were all pants and all flat shoes. And I was like, what? This is such a treat. I was like, I'm in flat shoes. I don't have to worry, worry about wearing a dress. Oh my God, I'm going to be so comfortable. This is so comfortable. assistant. She kind of paused and she was like, have you read the script yet? And I was like, no, they still haven't sent it to me. And she's like, oh, okay. And then that was it. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. And then as soon as I left the wardrobe, like 10 minutes later, I got the email and I wonder if, I don't know. I wonder if they called over to production and they're like, you should probably send her the script. <laughs> Cause then I, I literally, I got it just as I was getting in my car at Warner brothers and I was like, Oh, here's the script. And I scrolled through it really quick. And then it was said something about me jumping off the side of the building. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay. I get why I'm in flat shoes now. <laughs> Cause I have to stand on the side of the, uh, of the, uh, cl- of the building there and fall off. So that was how I found out. It was just that, uh, I got the script and I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, but it, what a way to go. It was, yeah. uh, I was, it was a really fun week to, to shoot that. It was, a, so that was uh, my very brief journey in uh, the Supergirl universe. Yeah, if you're going to go, go dramatically. I know. <laughs> well, that's what's funny too is a lot of my friends who didn't know I was in it um, and they watched on Netflix or whatever and they probably watched it very quickly. Um, they're always like, oh my God, I saw your big death scene on Supergirl. I was like, oh yeah, it was a fun few episodes while it lasted. And they're like, wait, what? You were in more than just that one? <laughs> I was like, yep, yep, yep. You have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> well, I guess it, it makes me feel better that it wasn't just us on Supergirl radio. Oh, who, no, no, who not at all. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, I guess since we're talking about Kelly's death, I think one of the things we noticed on our rewatch that I think we probably saw when we initially watched the episode, but on the rewatch, it I think grabbed all of us <laughs> that when Ke- when Kelly, you know, unfortunately falls to her death, and uh, Supergirl and and James and Winter down there. Was there ever any uh, discussion about? <laughs> we we were surprised that there was so much of Kelly's dead body shown shown on screen. Was was there any conversation about that in production that like? Uh, you know, in in kind of like a sensitive manner, like uh, how it should be shown and, uh, you know, what, what that would be like for, for Supergirl, I guess? I don't know too much about the discussion, like pre-production discussion, because, you know, I show up on set. But right. um, the one thing I did say was the day we were shooting where I was just laying on the sidewalk, which you don't really see me. My hair is in my face. I'm just laying on the sidewalk. But um, when they were doing my makeup and I was like, are we like, I mean, do we have any blood or anything? I just fell like 14 stories or something. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Not 8 o'clock on CBS. We don't show any blood. And I was like, really? She's like, we'll have to figure around that. But um, we're just going to pretend like the, you, you, you don't bleed after falling off something like that. It's We don't have to worry about that. So they were sensitive to the sense of like they didn't want it to look violent. Right. So it was mostly I, I could have been just sleeping soundly on the sidewalk. <laughs> Just taking a nap. Yeah. I think that's what we would like to believe. Uh, that yes, maybe, of course. Maybe, maybe Kelly faked her death. And uh, maybe, she, maybe she's still alive somewhere. She's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. 
Well, and and we like to uh, sort of come up with our own scenarios for Kelly. But like, is that part of your process as an actress? Like to because I know some actors and actresses will make up backstories for their characters if they don't have a lot of backstory to go with. They'll they'll kind of write things out about what they think the character is like. Is that is that kind of how you approach? Uh, a role or is there something else that you you go about doing um doing that kind of work for for supergirl specifically it's funny for some of these bigger projects it really is about it's hard to come up with a backstory when in a lot of ways you're just trying to help move the plot along for everyone else so you in a, you kind of have to think about it in a more technical way of like okay, obviously my character is, you know, worried or nervous and you want to portray that, but you can't get too in your head about it because the scene isn't about you, you know? So it's a weird sensitive thing when you have these one or two liners because you can't get it too indulgent. So you want to come up with a little bit about, you know, like, oh, I just got off the phone with this intense call. What do I need? You know, you, you, you approach it in that way. But if you get too deep into it, and I'm not saying if other people do, it's the wrong idea, but sometimes, you, at least for me, I like to think about, okay, what's the bigger picture of this scene? Like, what, what is the point of this scene? And what, is my, what are my lines doing to help get to that point? You know, if I was working on a bigger project um, where maybe I have a, a role that's more central to the plot, um, then of course, yeah, you want to come up with some of that backstory and where you're coming from. But even in my last episode, which was my biggest episode, <laughs> I was under this trance by an evil alien. So I wasn't even like that. I wasn't really Kelly at that right, time, you right. know? So I, I kind of had to not think about anything. Well, cause I was curious, you'd mentioned that, that picture, um, that you, you brought in of you and your boyfriend. Um, I, I also noticed there was a, a panda bear mug, on the 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 desk, so I wonder, I wondered if that was kind of if I assumed that production design people would have done that, but I didn't know if that was also uh, something you put on there. It was kind of cool because the, yes, the um, the art directors come in and they they set it up to look like an office, but um, Allie, the the showrunner, she came over and she it was kind of cool. She was just like, you know, I want this to be important. She's like, what is like what is Kelly's um, what makes Kelly Kelly? Like, does she eat, uh, Hershey kisses? Maybe we should have some Hershey kisses scattered around. What's your favorite animal? You know, like, so she, uh, it was sort of a generic desk in Catco. Um, and then Allie was like, no, 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 let's, let's find some things that make this specific. So it's a little more heart wrenching when, when we see that she's gone. So, um, I don't have too much say in that kind of thing, especially, you know, in one of these day player parts, but Allie was like, no, let's make this feel like, like it's a little more personal. Like we're really sad that, that, you know, this person had to go. So, um, Allie had a little bit more say to that one. Well, that, that's, that's cool. That's some, somebody was yeah. thinking about a little bit about her backstory. And I, I do think that that makes a difference. It, it connects oh, yeah. you to the character and kind of her personal life. So I, I really like those little touches. Yeah, me too. So you talked a little bit about um, being in some scenes with the uh, with the rest of the cast, but what was it like to work with uh, like Callista and Melissa Benoist um, and the rest of the the Supergirl cast? Well, my first day was just with McCod, and he was very warm and welcoming, especially because I was a little intimidated on that first day, it being such a big project, and it was just the two of us in the makeup trailer, and he was very generous and just being like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna be great. This is gonna be so fun. It'll be easy." Um, uh, Jeremy was great because we had we did talk a little bit about 
our overlapping uh, mutual friends from um, Bonnie and Clyde, which is cool. And uh, Callista, I was a little intimidated by. Um, <laughs> not that she was mean or whatever, but I was just like, oh my God, this is Callista Flockhart. Um, and then she, of course, was so lovely. And she's, she, I, what I loved about her is she has worked in television for so long that she, she just has so much knowledge when a director is like, well, we're thinking about this. She's like, I love that idea, but also I want you to think about this. And it's always pretty brilliant that you're like, oh my God, she, she's such a pro. But it was also funny. There were down times where they're changing the lighting or the camera and she'd be sitting behind her desk and she'd be on her phone and she would say something like, oh, Harrison just sent me a picture of the dogs. And I'm like, oh, Harrison sent you a picture. <laughs> oh, how's Harrison doing? <laughs> so there was a couple surreal moments I felt like with Callista, but she was so lovely, just such a professional and so kind. Um, and Melissa, I, I, well, I didn't see her on my first day of filming because um, she wasn't in that scene. But the rest of the days... It was I. I kind of just watched from a, for her from afar because I, I. I talked to her about it on my last day of filming. She works so hard. The amount of dialogue she had to learn every single day, and it, it was something where you'd look around, and I felt like a lot of people had downtime to sort of joke around because they didn't quite have the volume of work she had to do, and she was she was constantly just sort of stepping away and reading through these sides and making sure that, you know, she's on top of it and running stuff where I was just like, Oh my God. I mean, good for her. What an amazing job. And she's doing such an amazing job, but I'm not envious of this job because it's <laughs> like the hardest thing ever. And so a lot of times my first couple days where I worked with her, she wasn't colder and friendly by any means, but she was a professional. She would step aside and be running her lines and working very hard. And then on the last day I was filming where I was dead on the sidewalk, um, <laughs> everybody else, uh, was wrapped except, um, me and her. And, um, so we had a while where they were setting something up and we were sitting to the side and she opened up just about, you know, it was the end of the day. She wasn't too worried about all the lines I told her, I was like, Oh my God, you work so hard. She's like, Oh my God, this is the hardest job I've ever had. She's like, it's so rewarding. It's so great. She's like, but this is uh, the most intense, hard job. And, you know, like it's a, it, I'm so grateful for it, but to come to work each day and the amount of work, she's like, you know, the season's wrapping up, so I'll have a nice break. But it was nice to sort of talk with her on that level because I, I just, I can't imagine with how much stuff she has to do, what that's like, but she was so, just such a professional. I guess that's all I can really keep saying is she was so generous and kind to the crew and everyone around her, but her number one uh, priority, it seemed like, was like, I want to do a good job. So it was really cool. It was cool to watch. That's neat to hear, though, that she's so dedicated to it and, and really loves the the job. And, and speaking of Supergirl, I was curious about, because um, I don't, I would probably freak out if I saw Supergirl in the super suit um, and I was in oh, her vicinity. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so what was that like? Well, the first, you know, the, the second and third episode I did, it was just her in her, you know, regular work clothes. But, um, on that last episode, it, it is intimidating when she walks out in that Supergirl costume, you kind of are taken aback. It, it's, it looks so amazing in person, like the cape, the way it kind of flaps around and, um, yeah, no, she takes on this very powerful persona in that, uh, costume. It's really cool. That's awesome. Were you very familiar with Supergirl? Like as a character, were you like a fan before? You got uh, uh, on the show? No, my my boyfriend had to to school me on the DC. Universe. <laughs> 
Um, which, uh, no, you know, I'm a little more up to date now, but, um, no, at the time I was not all that aware. So I had to do a little research. <laughs> we have to do that all the time. <laughs> um, we do. We, do. <laughs> we, we are constantly always, uh, looking up new things and, uh, learning about the DC universe. So you are not alone on that. Um, and I, uh, one of the questions I, I had with, uh, the scenes with, uh, Supergirl and, and Kelly after Kelly has unfortunately passed um, is that Supergirl is on her, her phone um, and I, I just thought that that was strange we had a, we had a conversation uh, between uh, Supergirl Radio about where she keeps the phone um, I, I don't guess you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't guess you know where she stores the phone in, on the suit uh, but that was <laughs> something funny we took away from that scene yeah those things always pop up I love that stuff though <laughs> <laughs> We're like, where is the pocket? <laughs> we we ask the we ask the big question the big questions. We yeah, do, of course. <laughs> um, well, are, are there any other aspects of your Supergirl experience that uh, come to mind? Any any uh, I guess parting parting words that you want to share about um, your time on Supergirl? No, other than it was just for it to be my first really big TV job. Um, it was such a great experience. Everybody was so generous and I can't say enough things about uh, nice things about Allie Adler either. She was such a great sort of leader on that set. And, um, you know, I hope it's on the air for many, many years. Yeah. We're actually going to miss a- Allie Adler, um, because she, she was such a, you know, a strong leader on the show, but she's, I think she's going to be a consultant. Um, now that she's, she's, she's taken another job, she's still going to kind of be in the Supergirl sphere. But, uh, but yeah, I, I always really appreciate it. Cause she, I saw her in an interview one time. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you're aware, but the Kryptonian language in the comics is called Kryptonese. And there's it, actually the Kryptonese when Kelly is typing on the computer in your, uh, the final episode, yeah. uh, the Kryptonese pops up on the screen. Well, right. a, a lot of people don't know that Kryptonese is a, th- is a word, is a thing. But uh, I saw an interview with Allie, Allie Adler like before Supergirl started, before season one aired, and she actually referenced Kryptonese in the interview. And I was like, I already like what you're doing with the show because you've obviously done yeah. your homework. <laughs> No, she was so great. I mean, everybody was great. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was um, start to finish. It was a really great experience. Yeah, and Kelly actually had um, a, a, some scenes with big groups. Like uh, one of the things I was uh, struck by was that Kelly was part of that Catco uh, grouping with you know in Cat's office with James, and you were in one scene with Siobhan. Um, and, and Cara. And so there, Kelly was a uh, part of that Catco crew. So I, I really appreciated that you were in these, these big scenes with these, uh, major characters on the show. Yeah. yeah Kelly so, got to like pitch stories. I know. <laughs> well, it, now it's an ongoing thing. If I ever go shopping the, um, or like, you know, if out and about there's looking at dress, the, uh, I'm like, oh, crushed velvet. I've always, <laughs> I can't, and I feel like crushed velvet is making a comeback. And yeah, I so, had, so Kelly was ahead of the curve, really. She <laughs> clearly <laughs> was, yeah. Trendsetter. Well, and that, that makes me uh, wonder something about Kelly's position. You may or may not know this, but so we have a lot of questions about the way Catco works. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a media company, but it, uh, it seems to be many things It you know, it's a, 
It's a magazine. It's a newspaper, sort of. A radio station, A radio right? station. <laughs> uh, it has TV stuff that they do. It's one of a kind, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it is a worldwide media company. Um, but do you know what, like, what was Kelly's position? I, I know she was an editor, and it seemed like she worked in the news, but was she also a writer? She was pitching... Crushed Velvet stories. Do, do you have any idea oh, of, of what Kelly, like she, what her position was? She was the heart and soul of CatCo. <laughs> <laughs> she did everything for everyone. She was everyone's favorite employee. She ran the Secret Santa. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I guess, um, no, I guess I was a writer. Let's say Kelly's a writer. She was a writer at, at CatCo. Period. That, that makes sense. I, I, I assume yeah. she was in the news department, whatever that means at Catco. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah. I, I like the idea that she organized Secret Santa and was sort of the. Yeah, me too. Of what was she? Yeah. She She probably was the 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 glue that held everybody together and got everybody to hang out. I, I like that. Absolutely. Because <laughs> somehow Kara knew who she was. So um, Kara must have gotten wind of, of Kelly's good nature. Um, it was funny. There, I mean, it was a, jo- a little bit of a joke on set because I think everybody knew, like, you know, I had such a brief little moments here and there through the first season. So for me to get this big death scene, it was kind of funny. We're all, you know, aware of like, oh, okay. But, um, it you know, by the time when I would got, got up on that ledge and fell off the side, the entire cast was going, Kelly! So <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it was fun to have a whole room of people screaming your character's name. <laughs> that is, it's awesome, but it's also kind of sad. Um, just, <laughs> ju- just, on, just on the morbid end of it. Sometimes we even kind of went around kind of uh, asking, you know, could Supergirl have saved Kelly? <laughs> I... I feel like I feel like that's our like Titanic like could he have like could they both have hit on the, <laughs> on the door question like couldn't she have saved Kelly? You know maybe maybe it was a master plan. I also like to think that Kelly was actually a supervillain and Supergirl had the instincts to know that she just had to let her die to save a bunch of people in the long run. I, that's like that the way could I'd have like. been her villain origin story, and Supergirl exactly. was just like, "I'm not dealing with that." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "It's better to just let her go now." <laughs> oh man, that that makes me want to see so many things now because she could have, she could, she could, she, <laughs> Kelly could have been a part of Non and Indigo's crew in that all black yeah. room. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I like that. Maybe she was like a like a super villain spy planted in Cat Co. Exactly. I like that. We'll never know. Sadly, we will never know. <laughs> but um, in addition to Supergirl, are there any other projects that you want to tell our listeners about that maybe you're proud of or things that are coming up for you? Well, you can. I've, I worked on this series last year and it came out earlier this year. And it's I, it was just such a great project to be part of. Um, it's a series called Kings of Khan. And it's on Comic-Con HQ, but you can also... Uh, see it on iTunes and Amazon Prime. It's created by Richard Spate Jr. and Rob Benedict um, from Supernatural, and the cast features a lot of people from the super uh, from this uh, CW series, Supernatural, of course. Um, so a nice little tie in there, um, and it's a lot of fun. It's sort of a behind the scenes look of the convention world. Um, 
which uh, it's really fun. If there's any uh, crossover fans of Supergirl and Supernatural, you'll recognize a lot of people. Um, so that one's a lot of fun. You should check that one out. And um, let's that see. What else? Have you actually ever, have you been to a convention before? No, I hadn't. And I, and I, I knew Richard, uh, Richard Spate Jr., mm-hmm. who he, for who, fans of Supernatural, he played the trickster. He had a few episodes on the, the show. I worked on him, with him on a movie called The Week, which that is available on video on demand as well, starring um, uh, Rick Gomez, who's going to be in The Crossing on ABC, I believe, uh, this fall. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, it's called The Week. That one's also really great. Um, I was an associate producer, but I'm also an actor in that one. But um, I met Richard working on that movie, The Week, and we hit it off. He was a lot of fun. And then years later, um, he he called me out of the blue, and he's like, hey, I, I, I wrote this project with a, a buddy, and I have a part I think you'd be really great as. Do you want to do it? I was like, yeah, sure. So we shot that last summer. Um, but I, I didn't get it. I thought it was sort of like a parody. Like I had never been to these fan conventions before. Mm -hmm. And, um, then as we were filming it more and more, I was a little like, wait, does this stuff really happen? They're like, oh yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) these things can be crazy. Like so much crazy stuff happens. The fans are awesome. You know, we have these big parties and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know this was a, this whole world existed. Um, so and that went on. We did an after show earlier this year called Kings of Conversation. We had a lot of fun <laughs> guests. And um, uh, it's a really, really fun series. I, I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, and it's con like uh, C-O-N, like convention. Yeah, I'm sure you guys got that one. Um, <laughs> and then that movie of the week, we, you can check out right now. And coming up, I do, I'm in pre-production for something I wrote with my writing partner, oh, cool. Kelly Campbell which I think is going to be a lot of fun. It should be out hopefully early next year, um, but it'll be an internet series. Uh, I'll tell you the title, but I don't want to give it away because, <laughs> well, you might be able to figure it out. It's going to be called Spellogram. It's not a machine that spells things from you. It's something else. Uh, but uh, I, I'll be working on that over the next few months. And anything else? I don't know if I have anything else. Oh, and I just shot a short film last month with Rick Gomez as well. Um, called, what did I call? I wrote that one and I already forgot the title. Uh, oh, walk-in closet. Um, and that's being edited right now. So I don't know. I'll submit that to some festivals. Who knows how we'll see that one, but a bunch of little things that I, that are my projects, which is always very gratifying to work on. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, auditioning, hopefully booking another job here and there. So how would you like Kelly to be remembered? Um, I guess, you know, I like the idea of her being a supervillain that just never got the chance to ruin anyone's lives. I like that too. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go with that. That will be our, you know, head, headcanon accepted, Morgan. That that will be. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much, Carly, for coming on Supergirl Radio and talking about your experience uh, with Supergirl, your acting, and just things that you're doing. I think it's really awesome that you are pursuing your your interests and your your passions. And I think that's really that's personally for me that's very uh, exciting and inspiring. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk with us. Thank you guys so much for asking me. It was a lot of fun. Well, uh, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Oh, um, let's see. My, my Twitter is at Carly McCannon, spelled C-A-R-L-Y-N-Y-K-A-N-E-N. 
And um, I'm sure, I, actually, that's probably the best place. I update everything from there primarily. So yeah, my Twitter, Carlina Cannon. At Supergirl Radio, Kelly is uh, the reason that we have started paying attention a little more to the show. <laughs> um, we have, since since Kelly's demise, we have fallen in love with several other characters who kind of pop up uh, you know, as recurring characters. And we, we pay a, lo- a lot more attention now to those characters. So Kelly is uh, the reason for that. So uh, I, I think that everyone who listens to Supergirl Radio, and, and I, can, I don't know if I can speak for Morgan, but we, we attribute our love for those kinds of characters uh, to our love for Kelly. So this has been a really cool thing. Uh, it's, it's so true because we, we missed her the first time around. We had to rewatch. <laughs> we rewatched because we were like, wait, Kelly was in how many episodes? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very nice, you guys. I uh, I miss being on it. It was a lot of fun. Well, uh, we we certainly will keep uh, Kelly's memories, even her supervillain memories, <laughs> in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We are on Google Play and iHeartRadio. We also have a playlist, and we are a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so definitely check that out. And we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash DC dash fans. And you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And we're part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, classic DC TV shows, and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Titan shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcast on iTunes and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Morgan, I think I had more to to do this time around than you did. So I feel like I I had to <laughs> had to really cram all those words in, but uh well done on the DC TV po- uh, podcast plugs. Why thank you. Why thank I feel like there's they're just going to announce like 10 more um like DC like superhero shows and it's just I'm just going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to add them all in there. Uh, so, so that we, we will just keep expanding it until it gets uh, absolutely unbearable. But you're doing a great job. Until like the whole podcast is just you <laughs> like reading a series of like show titles. <laughs> I uh, honestly, I would still listen to it. I would still listen to it. <laughs> that is very kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to find me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid, and you can watch videos of mine over at youtube.com slash duckmilkpride. Uh, and if you can find me on Twitter, I'm at Mojotastic, and I'm also one of the co-hosts of the uh, Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, do y'all have any episodes coming up? Um, that's a good question. We're very organized at that podcast. Uh, let me tell you, uh, we, we just recently had one about sort of, uh, sort of all of our experiences at San Diego Comic-Con. So I think we're taking a little bit of a break. We should have something coming up in August. We're trying to, we're trying to arrange another one of those, like, um, you know, women of the DC TV podcast network, like a super huge podcast but it takes some doing because everyone's schedules are so uh so like back and forth so hopefully we'll be able to schedule another one of those because that was really fun the last time it was those are always really fun to do and i i ask because i don't watch the show but i do listen to the podcast so i i try try which which is which is totally acceptable in fact that's how we prefer (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I'm joking. You should watch the show probably, you, but like you could just really to you enjoy could. the podcast more. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. So until the next time on Supergirl Radio, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And stay tuned because we've got more Season 2.5 goodness coming your way. Goodness.